Hey, housewives, come on in. You know the dirty dishes are still in the sink from yesterday and the laundry is still in the basket. Pop your AirPods in and make yourself at home here. I'm Tracy. I'm Tori. And we are your Unlikely Housewives. Stepping out in faith and believing that God calls the unlikely, we are here to show you the appreciation and validation you deserve, lead you to authentic relationships, and release you of believing the cultural lies to restore your faith and wellness. Pull up those high-waisted yoga pants, tighten your top knot, and reheat your coffee for the third time. Turn up the volume and let's go. housewives welcome back welcome back have we got an amazing guest for you today we just are so excited about the the guests that really have god has put on our heart for this 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 season and and it's all about really like finding out not knowing yourself better i won't say that but it's more about knowing yourself like god knows you and that's what I'm going to put it in. It's these things are not these stories are not your identity. Your identity alone comes from God. And these are just stories and tools and guests that just help us discover God's identity for us much better. And so this was somebody that is a friend of Tracy's. And so I'm going to let Tracy do the introduction here. Yes, you said that so well. So I'm excited to introduce Amy Wicks to you. I met her a little over six years ago, attending church together. She's married, has three kids, and I've continued to follow her incredible Enneagram discoveries. She is a coach and she runs the Simply Wholehearted podcast. And Tori and I love the Enneagram. It's definitely been very helpful. Yeah, And then when you figure out, and, and it's even more helpful, obviously, when you, you can... I know you're not supposed to do it, but when you can peg somebody you love <laughs> and you care for and you can kind of go, oh, that makes a little bit more sense. Yes. Oh, that's definitely. So in many helpful. of our discussions, we've always come back to the Enneagram of how we've become partners. You know, I'm a number. She's a specific number. And we're going to share all that in a little bit. So without further ado, Amy, welcome. Welcome, Amy. Hi. I am so excited to be here. I think about Tracy when you texted me probably a year ago yeah, and asked me about, okay, so I'm thinking about doing a podcast. What do you know? And look at you now. I know. Because you helped us a lot in the beginning. <laughs> look, Tracy's all grown all right. up. <laughs> it is. It feels like one of my little surrogate babies over here where I'm like, oh, look at what they're doing. Yep. And <laughs> because I said you could do it. And that's honestly what we needed to hear <laughs> yeah yeah that it was in and that's i think i i go into now too because i love helping people start up podcasts or in coaching into podcasting and it's like it's not as hard as you think right and yeah. it's also not as glamorous as you think <laughs> so yeah. there there is that value too so yeah it's not as sexy as one would like, but it is incredibly fulfilling and so worth the work and the labor, especially to your point. The Lord put it on your all's heart, put you together, mm-hmm. has given you the ideas and the ongoing ideas. And so like, that's the best. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us, like for our listeners, like, let's go back. How did you even get into the Enneagram? 
Well, for me, I've always loved personality tests. The typology things have fascinated me. So you could call me a personality nerd. And I'm talking about mid-90s. My parents came home from some sort of pastor conference and talked about the Gary Smalley animal, the personality types of animals, otter, beaver, lion, golden retriever. And suddenly... All of his kids were getting pigs. They were talking about it as if they were an animal and not a human. But in my teenage years, I was like, wow, that sounds so interesting. And it also gave me a framework to better understand people. Mm-hmm. I had grown up in ministry, been previewed to a lot of ministry work, gotten sucked into it myself, I think, just because of how I was fired and the positions that I got thrown into. I was like, oh, this is, this is really helpful to understand why people think differently, respond differently interact on a certain level. Then I went into an internship program that focused on DISC test. And this was uh, late 90s, early aughts, and everyone was a DISC or some sort of combination. It was fun. It was helpful. Totally used and abusive because I was a teenager in early 20s. And, you know, that's what you do. You don't have the maturity (laughs) Mm -hmm. to know what you're doing. But it was, again, another framework to help me better understand why this person frustrated me or why I really wasn't suited to do certain roles, or why certain roles frustrated me even. And then Myers-Briggs liked it, found it was a little complicated. I still struggle with all the letters and the meanings of things like that. I also felt like as I've taken it over the years, it's changed, it's switched based on my environment, things like that. But then, then I heard about the Enneagram, to which I first heard it and thought it was Enneagram, <laughs> as in Annie F. Downs, who is talking about it on her podcast in yeah. 2016. Oh, yes. And I was like, Enneagram. Oh, that's when she created her own personality <laughs> test. <laughs> How funny. So, yeah. So, obviously, I quickly found out it was Enneagram. And that's really the beginning of the rest of the story. I dove into it and I thought, oh, wait a minute. And I was already at a, I was, Beginning my podcast, I was serving other moms, mentoring, coaching, showing up in the online space, just the beginnings of this podcast even, or my podcast. And I could see that finally I had a tool and a resource that took that typology to the next level. And it wasn't about what everybody did. It's why they did what they did. And the lights went on for my own life. The lights went on of how I felt like I could help other people and serve other women better. and. Yeah, really the rest is history because I haven't been quiet about it ever since. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's turned into your purpose and helping people align. It is a great tool. And I like to call myself more a spiritual director than an Enneagram coach, because I think ultimately the Enneagram helps amplify the light, but Christ brings the freedom. And this is very, very important. Mm -hmm. But the therapy tools, the business resources, all the different life discipleship biblical knowledge that I have, plus the tool of the Enneagram, allows me to offer the wholehearted journey a more holistic approach to our story. But Enneagram tool has been something that has expedited the process, not only for me, but all the people that I end up walking through a transformation journey. Okay, so take a minute and tell everybody what the Enneagram types are. I know this could take forever and there's a lot of details to it. And so this, you know, podcast is really going to be for those unfamiliar and those who do know it, how to really just take it to the next level in the relationships. 
So let's go with the basic kind of just overview for those that are listening and don't know about it. Yes. Well, Enneagram, when said properly and spelled out E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, it is literally a diagram of nine points. And those nine points represent the core archetype or the typology personalities. Each of them has, I don't know, like 20 million different nuances, not any like one nine to another nine looks very, very different. We won't go into all those reasons. You'll hear me allude to them, but I'll give you a quick thing. If you were to look up the Enneagram, you'll see a diagram. Some people immediately go, whoa, is that a pentagram? <laughs> no, not a pentagram, <laughs> but it is simply lines that connect. And there's a reason for it. Super fascinating. Again, we won't talk about that today. But if you're going to start at the top, when you look at it, there happens to be a nine. There is no hierarchy in these types, and that's very important to know. Enya simply means nine in Greek. Gram means diagram in Greek. So nine at the top, that is known as the peacemaker. One is known as the uh, perfectionist or the idealist. The two is known as the helper or the supporter. The three is known as the successful achiever. The four is known as the individualist or the creative artist. The five is known as the knowledge seeker. The six is also known as the loyalist or the security seeker. The seven is known as the enthusiast. The eight is known as the challenger. Now, I gave one word to these for the sake of time and to be as brief as possible. But here's the deal. I probably said a word that you're either immediately drawn to or repulsed by. So please do send me of your own investigating and research and continue to listen as one word can't possibly encapsulate all that each personality type represents. But that is the general, very high bird's eye view of the Enneagram. Yeah. And I think that was when I started, that was probably the most intimidating, you know, part. I knew I, I am a two. I am a helper through and through. And so I knew I was a two from the very start, you know, and of course I took a test and that was very obvious on there. But when it was like, okay, you're a wing three and there was a little bit more information to it, it became something that was overwhelming for a period of time until I was able to just Mm -hmm. slowly process it and realize that when I'm the strongest, here's where I am. When I'm at the weakest, here's where I go. And started to realize how I acted, how I responded to stress or to, you know, healthy situations, to unhealthy situations. And that was when I was really, I started to kind of dig deeper and realize, hey, this is helping me versus hurting me. And so that's why I continued into it. And you can share yours. Well, I'm at first when I was reading, because the book that I read or was introduced to was The Road Back to You. Very popular one. And I, at first, I thought I was a four. And as an individual, like, I think that there there are some strong things for me from that. And then after a while and really like evaluating things. And again, it's like when you take a test, you're like, it's where you're at at the moment, right? And then there's also you have the tendency to, this is what I want to say. This is what I want to be. So I'm going to answer this. And so sometimes it's like, that's not right. But after like a longer period of time, I was like, I really am probably the seven. And that's where some of that individualism, it's because I I jump in with two feet most of the time. And so then that's how I've embraced, embraced my seven. Yeah. So 
So, well, you both bring up a really solid point that I think is worth, especially for you know, talking about because maybe people are hearing this word for the first time or learning about what it is. And I, I did write a book called Should Christians Use the Enneagram? Because I kept getting that question. But in it, I dive into the history and the origin of it. And something that I have not only discovered in my own practice, but also through history, the Enneagram was used as a spiritual direction tool. It was a very private, very personal experience. There wasn't mass meetings about what this was. And actually, a lot of the foundation of the material that we use today, or you find it's found its way in books, was put together by a group of Jesuit priests. So I don't know if you know anything about their lifestyle, but it's very reclusive, very lonely, not from the masses and not for the masses by any sense. But the idea is that we can sit with someone who helps us unpack our story in a holistic fashion that we peel back the layers of our lives, the chapters of our story. We get into what is the true motivation. And that's why the Enneagram is so different is we're really diving past what we do or why we do what we do because the world told us we should do something a certain way or be a certain way and go to the the very innate sense of, of how God wired you originally. What were those desires that you put in your heart? What were those motivations? Now, over time, sin has come in and corrupted them and shaped them and things like that. But going back to that essence allows us to freer express who the Lord intended us to live out of our best selves. So to your point, tests can be helpful, but it can also be very confusing because most of the time, even people who have sat with the Enneagram on their own, once they work with the spiritual director or a coach, they finally discover that true essence, that true motivation, that true story, the narrative that helps unpack their story in a way that brings about the freedom that the Enneagram can help expedite. So, you know, I strongly recommend if you've never heard about this, I don't think your first need needs to be jump on a quiz. And I've created a unique quiz that we can link. And it's a story quiz. It doesn't, you know, it takes more than, it takes 10, 15 minutes to do because it's the full story. But get a book, read about all of them. Try them on like you would a sweater at the clothing store and then take it home and decide if you want to return it or not. <laughs> like that's the beauty of the Enneagram. You have the freedom to try on the types and decide, is this really true? Does this really narrate my story as I've experienced it within my inner world? Well, one of the things that I I heard was like reading the Road Back to You book is that when you start to read it and you start to read like what childhood is like, what stresses, what are the vices of each number? The one that you typically want to take the book and throw it at the wall and say, that's not true. That's typically like, ooh, wait, that one hurt a little. But it's it's because, like you said earlier, it triggered you just a little bit because you're like, well, no, I mean, because there, like you said, there's no hierarchy. One's not better than the other. You know, the you know, everybody says that they don't want to be an eight like challenger. That doesn't sound nice. You know, I'm a seven wing eight. And so. But I'm like, that's not a bad thing. We need the challengers to mm -hmm. stand up for justice and things like that. But when looking at the vices of the ones and I was like, oh, 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 this pin, this hurts. You know, <laughs> it really helped me go. No, no, no. This one, this one fits better. 
than a four when I originally was looking at it. So that's one of the things that I've always heard. And I, I tell people, I'm like, yeah, the one that you, you typically are straying away from because you're like, well, that's not me. <laughs> Sometimes so it's true. you. Well, will you actually touch on that? Because I think we've talked a lot about multi-generational values, curses, good things, bad things, you know. And one of the pieces of the Enneagram is the childhood wounds. Now, some are stronger than others. Some are triggering, you know, those kinds of things. But how does that play a part in how you were raised in your number? Is that a good question? I love this question because (laughs) I feel like this helps separate out the value of the Enneagram. And I will also say there are a couple of other theories I'm going to share my biblical worldview theory and how I have seen it play out in all the hundreds of women that I've coached, families I've coached both, you know, from young age to old age. So this is where I see it. Again, the Enneagram, if you maybe want to get a, I don't know, like a, like if, if I were in front of you and we were talking about, I was giving a presentation of the Enneagram, I would hold up color therapy glasses and there is a color of each type of the rainbow. And when I put those glasses on, it doesn't change the things that I'm looking at, but it changes the perspective of how I'm looking, right? It shades it a unique way. And when I put that lens on, that's specifically my lens and my viewpoint compared to everybody else in the room because I am looking through a shade of color. So the Enneagram personality is the same way. I believe that, and that's why when you think about the Enneagram, take any sort of test or read it, think about your 18-year-old self. Again, trying to go back to, if you have a lot of trauma, it's a little bit trickier. It is still possible to figure out your type, but go back to that place before you felt like you had to be what the world was telling you to be and think about what lens you looked through. And then that's where I see, like, for instance, I'm the oldest of four kids. We grew up in the same home with the same parents. Of course, we had different experiences, but for sure, we each have a unique perspective. And those perspectives represent the lens that we were looking through in those situations. And it spoke to or it triggered that childhood message. It either inadvertently confirmed it or overtly confirmed it. And what I offer is not only the hope of our own personal story to understand it better, why we walked away from that experience with a different perspective. But I offer as hope as moms, right? Like, what is our responsibility in raising these children? Am I creating their personality type? Am I wounding them? Is it my fault they're this personality? To which I say, that's the gift of the Enneagram. If we can better understand what our kids' lenses are, we can better speak to that longing their heart has And also find a path of forgiveness for the wounds that we inadvertently create because we're just different and because their perspective is their perspective. As honest and unrealistic as it is or tainted as it is, it is there. So how can we not take it off? We don't, we're not looking to take off the lens, but we can look at how do we speak to that? How does Christ come in? And fill that gap. And how can we as parents nurture them in a way that helps them live from the best viewpoint? They're still going to have wounds, but how can we see that Christ can heal those wounds and that us as parents, we're doing a 
the best that we can. Hey, Housewives, we want to share with you one of the resources we absolutely love and use all the time. It is the Audible Premium Plus membership. You know how we talk about books pretty much every episode? Our new podcast one day will be a book and a podcast. Exactly. (laughs) We love to read. Exactly. But do we have time? No. No. So we're sharing with you guys the Audible Premium Plus membership because that's how we consume all these books. We know you're in the carpool lanes. We know you're driving your kids to and from practices. You're always on the go, doing laundry, doing dishes, and you can have those AirPods in your ears. With this membership, you get one free Audible to start. And if you're an Amazon Prime member, you get two free audiobooks. Isn't that incredible? And then let's say there's some extra books that you want for the month. You get 30% off the price. So you're saving money there too. And you can cancel at any time. And if you cancel, the books that you've already purchased or already gotten through the membership are yours to keep, no matter what. And you get unlimited access to Audible Plus, the catalog, and they've got their own books. They've got Audible Originals, their own original podcasts so you can't find anywhere else. It's an incredible resource for moms on the go. And so we'll put the link in the show notes for you. And this is a perfect way. If you want to get some more reading in, you can absolutely do it this way and support our podcast. Would you say that, I mean, I've always heard not to type your child. Is that correct? I have definitely done several episodes on this because it's a question I get all the time. So you can look back in the Simply Wholehearted podcast in February. And I did an episode about how to better communicate with your teens. And there I give a very easy framework in like 20 minutes of how you can use the Enneagram communication styles to get a grid of what your kids tend to be. Okay. And like in those communication styles, it's super helpful because it divides into just three different groups. And it's pretty easy to pick on where your kids fall. And I give some specific tips. So you don't even need to know their number, but you can have an idea. Are they assertive, withdrawing, dutiful? And what does that mean for you as a parent? How can you best discipline, train, encourage them, and allow them to be the fullness of who they are while also I need to train them to be a person, an adult in the world? That's really good. I will be listening to that one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm I've hit there. the place of like, oh my gosh, what worked last week is not going to work anymore. <laughs> Uh-huh. And what for with this child is not working not with that at one. All. Oh, oh my gosh. Are the kids so different? Yes, <laughs> they are. And the the fun thing is, is I have I really my three kids all know about the Enneagram, obviously. And they're at the age where we can have a conversation and they can do their own discovery. So at this point in time, all three of them have pretty solidly landed with a number. And as a mom of teenagers, it is incredibly helpful because I'm raising an eight, a seven, and a three. All assertive types and yet all super unique. And it does change how I engage with them. So one doesn't feel controlled. The other doesn't feel limited. And the other feels seen and valued no matter what they do. And that is a game changer for sure. That's so good. I mean, I feel that way. And this is what we're going to talk about is how we use the Enneagram to like work on our relationships and we both are married to Enneagram eights Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes and that is obviously why we fell in love with them not knowing you know their assertiveness their you know way to take control and their leadership and they're just incredible men but we didn't know that when we had something to say they would always have something to say back yeah is that how it is yeah best describe our marriages (laughs) although what's really funny like looking at when 
I pegged Andrew for an eight very, very quickly, like going through that. And and it's actually taken me some time to figure out that I make no qualms about it. I, I married my mother because Andrew and... Oh, that's hilarious. Right? And so because they both have such strong personalities, they are both very assertive and I love them both dearly. But it it's not without its challenges, you know. But when we were talking about Chris, and I'm taking credit for this because we started trying to figure out, she's like, I don't know what Chris is. And we were going through and for the longest time, you thought he was a... Six. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't know, Tracy. I really think he's an eight. I really think he's an eight because he has a lot of these similar... Like, I'm thinking my mom, Andrew... Like, I'm thinking the eighth. I'm also a wing eight. So I know that I know eights. And so I'm like, really think he's an eight. And but mind you, we need to say the side note, like we started this in 2020, really pouring into Enneagram and learning and knowing the environmental stress that my husband was yeah. under was very conflicting. Right. Because no matter what number he is, for those of you that know, you have your strength in your number and then you have a weakness in your number and you go to this other place. So it was like nobody's living their best mm-hmm. life in 2020. We're all so confused. Mm-hmm. And so I remember this was like a very long year of processing and working through. And I was re- really reading into the books. And he had also mm-hmm. taken a couple different tests. And we'd gone on vacation with my best friend who is so into the Enneagram and has read all the books and just loves it as a passion, like just loves it because she loves people and learning. And she also like sat him down, had some conversations. And at the time, and again, this was very early in 2021, we thought he was a six. We started therapy this past year and thought he was a six. Our therapist is very familiar with Enneagram. And just as we peeled back the layers and about three months ago, it was just like he came out of his shell. We've done a lot of work. We've done a lot of, you know, forward motion. Yeah. And we're like, you're now aligning with your true authentic self. And you are an eight. It's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> it's it's incredible. So cool. Yeah. I, I mean, like she alluded to something, too, for, for our listeners here is that you're an, you know, you you have a number. However, that number goes to a different number in stress. So in an unhealthy version of you, mm-hmm. it goes here. And then in a the, your best self, you you have the strong personalities of your number. But then you also start to act like a completely different number. Like that's kind of what's mind blowing. You're like, well, then why am I not that number when I'm healthy? Like, why am I not? a? Ha-? But it's like it's an incredible uh, system or like I said, the diagram when you look at it will can explain a lot of how you how you see it. But I just want to take credit. I knew from the get go. <laughs> and the good thing is, is because she's known us for so long. You know, there's that knowing us before the yeah. season of the stress in the 2020 and what we've been through. So what stress are you yeah. talking about? I don't remember. Yeah, you don't remember? You I just looked at great life. I've blocked out the last three years. Right. Uh-huh. Well, I think to your point, I always have this, I don't call it a formula, but I just like to set the stage for people learning about the Enneagram for the first time. You know, to your point, you asked the question about typing your kids. Don't type others, you know, let other people have the journey. As a parent, it's great to have a tool and have a grid to work with, but then let your kids discover themselves in the process when the timing's right. Also, you don't, we all do it. We do type our friends, but to the best of your ability, allow them to discover the process. Don't use it as a weapon or as a shield, right? We're not like, you're such an eight in this moment and you're like cussing at it, right? Mm -hmm. Like that tone I just said, right? That's like practically a stone. 
but it, we don't want to use that or use it as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'm just a two. I can't help myself. That is lame. We yeah. are all redeemed in Christ and we are walking through the sanctification process and the ideas that helps us get there faster. And then to your point, the community can be a great place to learn Enneagram. I alluded to spiritual director, coach, and things like that. But our sisters, for me, like I have a good, you know, close couple of sisters and they help me process what my true type is because they experienced me for a long time. And, uh, you know, good friends as well. Someone to bounce these ideas off. And the last but not least, kind of to Chris's story, what he uncovered in that moment probably was he was able to identify one of the numbers in his what we call tri-type. Mm-hmm. And we each, I'm going to use some language here that's a little bit nerdy, but come back to this and listen to it when you have better understanding. But we each make decisions based out of an intelligence center that is dominant in our way of doing things and is related to our dominant number. But none of us are just a head person, a heart person, or a gut person. We use all three to make a wholehearted, whole-bodied, holistic decision, right? So maybe to, if if Chris did a little bit more work in a, a typology process that we use, we find out where the dominant is in all three of them. And that unique combination of three numbers is one of the many ways we show up and express our personality different or even have some of the pitfalls that we do that looks different from Chris is an eight com- compared to anyone else who is an eight mm-hmm. and his unique expression of maybe being eight, six, and then another number. So anyway, all of those things create the nuances and are super fun, especially when we're using it as a way to get healthier. That's what I I find so fascinating is that it is, it's so different for everybody. You can't line up all the eights and go, yep, you guys are all eights. Right. Because it's it's not that easy. And Again, it, it is it's a deeper level. It's like the motivation of things and which is incredible. But go go a little bit deeper into these tri-types for us and like ex- kind of explain what you were talking about, the heart, the head and the gut, like which numbers are which and, and then give us a little bit more information on that. Yeah. OK, so the triads is a fancy term for the decision making tendencies. So what's really helpful Kind of what I alluded to in that communication with your teens, I talked about communication style and that in the Enneagram world is called stances. So you have these two groups of three at the very surface. There's many other groups of three when you get into the Enneagram, but the stances and triads come together and those two different groups of three come together and they create the unique nine combination. So you have the three stances and you can listen to that episode and find out more about that. But for today, we'll talk about the three different trials or intelligence centers. And these talk about, again, how we're likely to make a decision and lead with that decision making first and then go through the unique process. So as I mentioned, you have the types that are in the heart center. Most women listening to this podcast will think, oh, I'm in the heart center. I'm a feeler. I like, you know, feel things and all this sort of stuff. But there's a good chance that you're in one of these others. So keep listening. Okay. So the heart center basically processes information through their feelings first and tend to make a response from that after they think about it and then they're going to act upon it. Okay. And so that's 
Enneagram types two, three, and four. Those fit in the heart center. Now we have the head center, and that is the five, six, and seven. They're likely to process information from, you know, like a cerebral level, think about it, process it, then decide how they feel and act upon it. And there's, you know, different nuances about how each of those three process the information, but that is at the core of them. It took me a while for me to distinguish between the feeling center and the head center. I was so blind to the fact that I was in my head and because I wore my feelings on my sleeve, I assumed that I must be a feeling person, but it took inner work and, you know, a journey of self-awareness to really go, oh yeah, I'm so in my head. How could I not be aware of that? And then last but not least is the gut triad. They tend to react from a, they have a visceral knowing I must respond And they tend to not think or feel before they act, but they'll react instinctually and then they'll think about their actions and then feel, ooh, maybe that wasn't right or maybe that offended others. And those are the eight, nine, and one again. So those are the differences. And those, by diving into that material, my quiz dives into those two. First, you go through the stances and then you go through the triads. That's why it takes some work. You really have to process through it as your 18-year-old self, and then you put it together. But at the end, you go, oh, if I'm assertive and I'm gut, I likely lead as an eight, and so on and so forth. So we're going to get to the resources at the end. But before I forget, all of these, this test, this link, your book, all on your website available? You got it. Or I'll make sure you have the right link. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Some in here and need to hire someone to organize my website just a little better. (laughs) It's all part of the process. Mm -hmm. It's the journey. Yes, it is. (laughs) Well, let's touch on the last part here. We obviously talk a lot about motherhood on our podcast and the feelings of moms being alone, whether it's just difficult in certain parenting or moms are battling their own personal health issues and it's hard there or they're struggling in their marriage. And we have found in all of those seasons, you know, that obviously knowing who we are and how we respond, feelings, head, gut, whichever first, it actually really helps us through these situations. And so that's why we have talked about the Enneagram a lot. We are encouraging it. You know, we want people to move forward and, you know, that self-investigation. But how do you feel like the Enneagram would help women in their motherhood journey? And this is why I really ended up gravitating towards the Enneagram because right there, finally, Having the black and white print before me, understanding those motivations and desires, I was able to go, oh, that's why motherhood looks different on her than it does on me. Or that's why I struggle with this. And she seems to be acting like this is a cakewalk. Suddenly, I was able to go, and it's not that one type is a better mom than others, but when we look at these, the core fears, the core longings, the, the desires of our heart, we go, oh, this is why motherhood is this unique challenge for me. And there is a challenge for everyone. And there is a blessing for everyone. And, and to the point of like, say the highlight is a seven. Motherhood felt incredibly limiting. And what does a seven fear? They fear being limited 
afford without options. Having three kids, three and under, it was like a jail. I couldn't do anything without massive struggle, but my free, spontaneous spirit like was still there. That didn't change. That desire and that longing was to be fulfilled. And yet I had a sister who was a nine who could easily go with the flow. Their desire was to know their presence mattered. So having kids met a felt need for her in such a different way where I've looked like, oh, she seems to be doing this so well. And I'm here on the struggle bus. What is wrong with me? But when I could see for what it was and go, well, her struggle is more the constant companionship and not having any time alone because the withdrawing stance that she carries and operates best in, like she needs to figure out that rhythm for her. And I needed to figure out the rhythm where I could go up and out and do more of what I love. So in coaching women, not only in their motherhood, I, I tend to focus on fellow coaches and entrepreneurs. And so one of the best things has been over time and probably really what you guys talk about is figuring out for you as a mom, what is beyond your four walls? What are the things that you can put your energy to that fuels your soul, that you can give an output that is indicative of what you need? your unique need for that? What is that output or that input that helps you come alive and be true to who you are? So that way you don't feel like you're over here totally losing yourself in survival land, like waiting someday to thrive. And I love helping women discover what that is or to create rhythms so they can do those things on a more regular basis and love motherhood even more, love their kids even better and be able to pour from that full cup that we're always talking about that picture. That's wonderful. Yeah. Because we talked about that a lot. I mean, we experience motherhood very differently and very differently. <laughs> but it's beautiful, though. You know, like you see these kids and they're all so unique. And and I think the constant comparison of like, yes, just like you said, why is this mom got it easier in this department? Why is this so difficult for me here? And I think that this is a very good way that women can look internally, you know, and process for themselves who they are so they can be their best version as a mom. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better. So, okay, well, let's close with just some additional resources so that we make sure our first question is, and it was going to be, you know, what link do you recommend for people to take the test? Do you like them to just go Google and take a generic test or where would you lead them to? Well, I'm a little biased, but you can go to simplywholehearted.com. <laughs> there is a link at the top of the page that says Enneagram quiz. You can go there. You could also go to the store and there's also a bunch of free resources, whether it's a course, a video guide, a book, a download. The quiz also gives you a bunch of free resources within it that you can print off and noodle on and use to just like one pagers that can help you print. And I actually have a motherhood guide specifically created around the Enneagram that dives into these little nuggets that I gave you today. It dives into more detail. It's a beautiful, you know, PDF printout. It's multi-pages, but you can read through it and read about all the types at once. It's free. I've been told many times I need to charge for it, but it's free <laughs> because I really want to facilitate women on this journey. So it doesn't cost a lot. And you can decide how much more do I want to invest in this time-wise or money-wise. 
and you can go from there. But you can find all that on my website. That's awesome. We'll put it all in the show notes. Yes. And I was just going to say, is there is your favorite book of yours that if somebody could go and order it off of Amazon today, which one would it be? Lots of choices, I know. Yeah, hands, so many choices, but hands down, it's Self to Lose, Self to Find by Marilyn Van Sill. And she's actually come out with a newer book since then. This is an old one that's been reprinted. It's thin. You could probably read it. Let's give it a read time of about four hours. And it is from a Christ-centered perspective. I so admire her and she's allowing me to use some of her material in my coaching because she has a unique take on the diagram that is God-centered, Christ-centered. So I just love her heart. She's a nine. She's a sage. She's, you know, a grandma. I mean, like she's just, I think that they just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. So, you know, I'm always for like, who can I learn from who really has worn this? And um, she's one of those hands down. So you can get pretty inexpensively. And like I said, four hour read, do it. That's awesome. That is awesome. We'll have to pick that up. And like, well, we'll put the link in the show notes for our listeners here, both to your podcast, to your website, to these, these resources. Yes. So absolutely. Well, I am just so thankful for your time today, Amy. And when you said the Enneagram, because I totally listened to Annie F. Downs. Yes. And that is one of the ways, honestly, it was her podcast when she had the conversations with numbers. Me too. She would have a a male two and a female two, and she would listen like and have conversations with them. And they would talk about how they think it was that podcast that helped me particularly find go. No, 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 wait, I am a seven. That's very much who I am. But and so that is that is a fun little tie back. And then to how I also learned how you when you present Enneagram numbers, you should present seven last because otherwise we will tune out. If you present us first, we are forgotten. <laughs> forgotten for the rest of the show. So that's hilarious. And so that's, that's hilarious. When, I'm like, yep, that's once I hear what it applies to me. I stop listening immediately. So but anyways. So I just have to make that little nugget. So shout out Annie F. Downs. That's great. So thank you so much for your time, Amy, and all of your knowledge. And we'll continue to just share your resources with our listeners and hope that, you know, somebody will reach out and follow up and continue learning about themselves with you. Yep. And we'll put all of your links so they can find you, follow you and uh, reach out to you in our show notes listeners and until next week housewives we love you guys thank you whether we made you laugh or cry today we pray you feel appreciated bolder and braver than yesterday stronger and more faithful for tomorrow and living in who you were made to be today join our online community on facebook link in the show notes And be sure to review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. Until next time, housewives, we give you permission to walk confidently, free, and to be intentional in your slippers or stilettos.